Kilimanjaro, akuna matata. Kebi wanamkuka, akuna matata. This is it. This is the moment you've been waiting for. This is where all your training, dedication, and hard work and technology will be put to the test. I'm supposed to be using my GoPro, but it's giving me technical problems. Your video, <laughs> <As usual>. man. <laughs> but most importantly, your altitude sickness pills to the test. Oh, my chin is, my chin is tingly. Oh, no. Uh, I had a little incident like five minutes ago. My chin is tingly. It freaked me out. They're boarding your zone on the plane on that eight-hour Boston layover, and you're in the zone. Going 2,000 meters up over about six hours. Going from McMoreland to, um, what's it called? The only thing that stands between you and the peak of the tallest freestanding mountain in the world is 15 hours of flying, maybe about 15 more COVID tests, Six days of trekking, and then, then the summit. And how tall is that peak? Something tells me it'll be well worth the lack of showers and hat hair. This is the last time you're gonna see me in this hat. Um, I know, it seems like I wear it every day because I do wear it every day. It's because you guys don't really want to see me um, without a hat on right now because I haven't showered in seven days. Fast forward a few days and you're there. You're actually there. Pushing your mind and your body to the limit every day. Breathing in the air, what's left of it, and you can smell the freshness of the cold, crisp nothingness as you see the three peaks in the mountain for the first time ever. There's three main peaks. That's the third. Your guides and porters are taking extra special care to make sure you have everything you need to maximize your success rate, especially local hearty food in excess. Beef and potatoes and vegetables. Which is perfectly complemented by all the local hot sauce also in excess. And this hot sauce here, devoured completely by Dan and myself. And whatever you do, disclaimer, do not try to record a video and try to snap the cap on and have your eye open right in front of it. And you know what else is in the eye of the beholder? Your dream, your goal, your end game at the top. At the peak of your route, I would just stop at nothing to seek out. I have a picture of him sitting on the ground. He doesn't even know it. It's Purple Hood Adventure's second to last episode of the season in here. And today, we're giving the ultimate reason to be here. A reason to begin what you desire from within, and a reason to persevere even when you have fear. Come with us on our climb and adventure of a lifetime. Today we talk about what it was like to prepare and experience a trek to the top of the world, Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania, Africa. We hiked to the highest freestanding volcano on Earth this year. Something at least one show should be worth our listeners to hear. Because in the end, making the journey is about one having what it takes. And the journey you're about to take is the one that'll end up taking you and making you. So pole pole, as they say. It's about embracing each step along the way every day. It's about taking one step at a time. So it's time to take step one. Because Hakuna Matata, the best kind of problem-free philosophy. Don't worry, don't hurry. But at any rate, we'll see you at the game. We made it. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My 
name is Maria Elena, and you are listening to Purple Hood Adventures Podcast. I'm a travel-obsessed entrepreneur working from my home in Ohio to connect travelers from all over the world and to help you make your one days a reality and stop living for the weekend. I seek constant adventure while maintaining an outwardly appearing normal life with a husband, a cat, and a full-time job as a remote speech-language pathologist. I live a real-life accidental comedy show as seen through the eyes of my trusty Mount Zion purple windbreaker as I make my way around the world and live a life of the unordinary but not the extraordinary. Jumbo Jumbo friends and listeners of the show, I cannot believe at last it's uh, at this podcast, uh, Purple Head Adventures um, Season 3, Episode 11. Uh, I feel like just yesterday we were only at like week seven. <laughs> yes, you guys. I told you there'd be something up my sleeve for my rhymes this week. Um, now <laughs> it's really starting to be slim pickings around these parts for those rhymes. I'll tell you that. Um, anyway, it's uh, the moment you've all been waiting for. Our second to last episode of the season. I still could not believe. Um, we're already at 11. We've done 11 consecutive episodes now. And what's even crazier was today, a year ago, I was actually apparently in Florida publishing my episode 11 of the season all about wildlife if you remember that one <laughs> oh yes that cincinnati zoo penguin has really gained some popularity and some fame across my episodes and seasons by now that's for sure um, even in an episode about a place where nothing really lives that's right we finally made it to our dress rehearsal if you will of our final episodes of the season next week is going to be our season finale i can't believe that Uh, But today, we're dedicating our entire episode to our Kilimanjaro trek this past summer. Yes, you guys, all those Kilimanjaro trivia questions and audio clips I've been playing for you every single week, all of those answers will finally be revealed today. I told you, write them down, do what you got to do to remember them, and today, what you got to do is just sit back and either feel like a total dummy or the smartest person in the room. (laughs) Kidding, you guys. Um, (laughs) If you knew even one of these answers, I'll I'll be thoroughly impressed because I didn't know any of them either before I actually did this trek. In fact, I didn't even know half of them when I looked them up to uh, make this uh, <laughs> my uh, clips there. So my trivia questions. Now these are definitely um, not uh, general chunks of information that the average human just goes around knowing off the top of their heads. But um, that's what our, our podcasts are kind of for. They're help to you know kind of teach you guys about new things and maybe open up your minds to potentially something you've never tried before. So. All right, so be on the list not for those and all of our previous 10 episode trivia questions tossed around in with them. Today's uh, episode is going to be a little different today, guys. Now, these are not necessarily going to be in order like they were in my intro, so you'll, but you will hear all 10 at some point. You'll be hearing 10 answers given to you at some points in our episode. But most importantly, my special guest today is once again my husband. Now, he always manages to make his way into one of my episodes as a guest um, as well as many other times when uh, he's featured uh, protesting about my habits. Hey, Dan. What? Can you take a picture? No, 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 no. Can you take a picture? No. Please? No. Why not? <laughs> actually, first, though, we need to go on that Ferris wheel. Uh, I'm never take a thought, actually. We're going to go. We're going to go on the purple car. I'm going to take a thought. Purple Adventures. <laughs> I think that we need to have this candle. No, I think we don't. <laughs> I think, how about one of these wreaths? Look at this harvest wreath. I see the harvest wreath. Look at the harvest <laughs> oh, wreath. Okay, come on. Dan, I 
can't go. I have to be here for a little while longer. Oh, wait, can we get this though, for real? No, no. Or in this annual classic that I almost forgot to include this season. Or, of course, about my irrational phobia of trees. Uh-oh. 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 Uh -oh. Don't run either, because you're... This is not good. Here we go on this side. Yeah, and second thought, he's basically a star in most of my shows, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, this time, instead of officially having him as a guest early on in my season, like I did my previous two years, I moved him all the way to the end of my season. And um, this is the one that we've all been waiting for, like I said, the one where we talk about our full experience hiking Mount Kilimanjaro this past June. I know you guys are excited about this one. Probably not as excited as me, but um, maybe. <laughs> maybe you are. Um, now, we did both make it all the way to the top of the mountain. And that's definitely something that's not guaranteed, nor is it necessarily probable, depending on who you are. It's uh, kind of a luck of the draw, and it's based on your genetics, also your mental and physical stamina. That's definitely true. And your physical health. Oh, my God. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> oh, God. Does it taste bad or not? It's both. No, Daniel, you're going to win as long. Don't, don't do it yet. you got to go through all Hurry, five stages. God damn, all it's way bad. All right, gone. Ugh. Well, at least what doesn't kill us makes us stronger, right, guys? <laughs> uh, kidding. Kind of not. Um, but anyway, um, ironically enough, it was on one of my podcast episodes last year, my season two, week four, September 4th, 2020, um, about the hikes of the world. That was the last one my husband was featured a guest on, um, that we actually decided to trek Kilimanjaro. I know. Isn't that funny, you guys? Um, this, this occurred on one of my podcast episodes, <laughs> so I thought that was really cool. People always say, like, how did you uh, decide to do this and um yeah that was that's the answer <laughs> so um I knew I did these things for a reason anyway um I had no idea that uh, he had even thought about going to Kilimanjaro or even had any idea what it was or had it on its radar but um I asked him at one of my, in one of my notorious games, a trivia question related to, I think it was about the routes um, related to Kilimanjaro, and that was after he told me that one of his uh, bucket list hikes he wanted to do was indeed Kilimanjaro, and I think I said something like, um, actually, I think that might be part of your game or something like that. So, um, yeah, that was pretty cool, you guys. Are there any hikes that you would like to do that you've heard of that you haven't done yet? Oh, yes. Uh, Mount Kilimanjaro uh, in Africa. I've, Ooh, I have a feeling there might be one about that on your game, actually. I've heard that's a really, really challenging hike, but doable. All right. Mount Kilimanjaro um, has many routes, a lot of different routes. And yeah, ever since, we uh, just planned on going. <laughs> so I guess it was meant to be. Anyway, um, climbing Kilimanjaro was definitely the hardest thing, both mentally and physically, that we've ever done in our entire lives, let me tell you guys. Um, I'll tell you right now, the oxygen level, or shall I say, lack thereof, is no joke. And um, to add matters, <laughs> God, you guys, I decided that um, climbing the tallest freestanding mountain in the world wasn't exactly exciting enough because uh, I opted to fly over my own feet about a month before we left, um, breaking my hiking boots. So I was just walking around on flat pavement in the neighborhood around my house. And um, <laughs> guys, I can't, I can't make this stuff up. But um, when you already have trouble with gravity, um, adding gravity to your poor unsuspecting feet, <laughs> not a great idea. Um, bad things are usually occur afterwards. Um, yes, you guys, in case you forgot who I am. <laughs> Oh, man, let me just remind you who I am. 
So it's true. It's still actually bothering me to this day. Um, but I still conquer the mountain even with having this uh, terrible injury <laughs> that occurred. Uh, it's pretty bad, you guys. Actually, to this day, my I still have this like jutting out bone in my leg. It's pretty gross looking. But um, yeah, it's the way of my life, I guess. So I have a podcast. Um, so today was going to be a little bit different. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do a little more informal type of talk today. Um, hint, hint. We might be doing some of our recordings in some more unconventional locations. Now, my husband, um, Dan, is going to be on the show, like I said, and um, we're just going to be kind of talking about each day and, you know, what our seven-day climb was like, and uh, we'll be talking about some of the ways we prepared, maybe some gear that you need, and just give you guys a little insight into what uh, it's really like trekking to the top. I swear we watched so many YouTube videos leading up to that trek, and not one of them actually did justice for the actual experience, I'll tell you, both physically, mentally, and culturally. So we're going to try to touch upon those um, specific points today in our episode. And um, at, like I said, I'll be inserting our audio clips and the answers to our trivia. And of course, there will be a game. <laughs> right, guys? I mean, I don't think I forgot about that. I said it was going to be an unconventional episode, but trust me, guys, <laughs> I never missed a moment for a scheduled repetition. So Oh, God, you guys, I'm actually really excited. This is more than uh, we can handle, I guess. (laughs) Well, luckily for you guys, you don't have to. I get to do all the work, and um, I guess uh, I'll just be usually, I'll be doing my uh, normal morning uh, half marathon runs or English channel swims to just kind of filter out some of that energy. So, um, okay, guys, before I go too far off in the left field, it's time to start uh, getting some insight to our Kilimanjaro trek revealed. Okay, uh, we're back at the scene of the crime. <laughs> I have Dan here, my husband. Say hi. Hello. Where are we today? We're back to the stairs. <laughs> Being really weird recording while people are working out. <laughs> yes, we haven't done a... St- well, you've done a stair workout since... Yeah, I do stairs. Okay, I haven't done a stair workout since, I guess, May, June. So for you <laughs> sound a little out of breath, that's because I'm trying to talk and go up uh how many stairs are these 155 stairs and i think it's 90 feet or something like that and it's now fall i'm used to running up these i've already done my 10 mile run today um so we've now seen these stairs in all seven seasons i mean four seasons (laughs) it happens when i seven seasons (laughs) um this happens when i try to talk and walk upstairs um yeah so tell tell our listeners about the stair workout and why we're doing this well we knew that we we're going to be climbing a lot obviously so we're trying to think of a good way to simulate as much as possible so i think it's random too i don't I think we just this is my idea we it just, was your idea we're trying to recreate the scenes <laughs> of what it was like when we were preparing for kilimanjaro and how many repetitions of these stairs do, do we eventually well, remember we started at 10 and then we did we added up every t- we did twice a week, and then we did um, up to 35. So it took us like a few months of training, and then by the time we got to 35, it was taking us a couple hours of doing the stairs up and down, up and down, up and down. And yeah, we started to know some regulars. <laughs> Remember backwards Abercrombie guy? Yeah. <laughs> Who was he? 
Oh, there's this guy. I want to make sure he's not here. This he's guy, not. he's always working out. He's always here. And he loved running up the stairs backwards. And he always wore this like really strong Abercrombie store style perf or, uh, cologne. Really strong. And when you're working out and you get a big whiff of it. <laughs> you always like, do. He was at the bottom of the stairs. He'd be like at the top. I thought we could talk about are the physical component of hiking Kilimanjaro and uh, I wanted to talk about um, what it was like and I wanted to kind of help our listeners understand what that was like compared to doing the stair workout which many people think we're crazy for doing to begin with especially by choice um, so let's talk about that so what was it like <laughs> I'm trying to read my prompts on <laughs> while I'm doing this I mean, I don't know if the stairs actually really helped, other than, because the main thing with the, with the altitude, Kilimanjaro, the, climb, the hiking in Kilimanjaro itself wasn't really that hard. I mean, you were hiking for three, four hours a day, other than the summit night, you hike for three, four hours a day, with like moderate climbing up, so it wasn't like it was like a crazy like 16 hour hike with like 80 degree incline, but the problem was just the altitude, so you couldn't really train for that, but I guess where the stairs probably helped was just being used to being out of breath for a long period of time and managing through that, I guess. Yeah, tell them about the uh, health checks. Oh, the health checks? Yeah. So. The nightly and morning health checks. Obviously, as you go up, there's less oxygen the higher the altitude, so. It's a lot they, harder they, they, than it used to They wanted to, to make sure that you, <laughs> they wanted to make sure that you were doing okay health-wise. And one of those things was a check of your blood oxygen level, which, a healthy person should be almost 100%, but as we climbed higher and higher, it was decreasing, and 75% is kind of their cutoff, where it's a dangerous level, where you, you What need did yours get down to again? 75. <laughs> but, then it, but then it rebounded, like, so the last day when you I... just did a lot of breathing, inhaling. The last day when we had it measured, it clocked in at 75, like, oh god, I have to go down, but... It ended up going back up to mid 80s, so we pushed on. So, yeah. Yeah, mine was like 89. I remember I couldn't even catch my breath ever. Um, now, altitude sickness. Clearly, that's always an issue for people. Um, what kind of symptoms do you have? I well, mean, I mean, I already know, but just, well, just share that with like the listeners. Headaches. Every Lots day. of headaches. And it always hit me like at night. So I thought it was like my pillow that I was sleeping on, which it might have been the first couple nights. But I was having these headaches that wouldn't go away. And that was mainly it, really. I never had any, I was never nauseous or anything like that. Um, but yeah, that was basically it. Okay, we're at our last camp before summit. We get up at uh, 11.30 later on today. We just had dinner here, it's about 5.30. Say hi, Dan. Hello. Dan's not doing so well. Um, no, not so headache. much. Major headache. Yeah, we're at about 16,000 feet right now. This is definitely the highest we've ever been. Um, I'm really just tired and winded. Um, our pulse oxes were lower, but they said that that's normal. So, assuming that um, they uh, come back up when we <laughs> decrease, I suppose that's a good thing. But um, here we are. It's very cold already. Probably going to sleep in our clothes tonight. Then I rocked me enough on summit day, thank God, 
Whereas the, that was our 12-hour day, our one long day, oh the most strenuous day. I had no symptoms. I had no <laughs> symptoms. Thankfully, I don't know how that happened, but I've other than pushing through the physical part of it, I had no symptoms. That was good. Oh God, I had the symptoms that day. I didn't have any problem the whole trekking in that final day. The horrible headache set in, the weakness, and I did get a little nauseous. Luckily, I brought those uh, Alka-Seltzer Chewies, those gummies, um, but we made it, so definitely. Um, real quick, tell our, our listeners what um, what tour group we, get, we went with. Oh, I know people can, ask me that a lot. Well, this isn't really the training part of it. No, but just like the group that we went with. But it was called Can Do Adventures. And it's, yeah, with a K. They're out they're of the UK, but they have offices throughout the world, wherever they have their treks. They're especially like a trekking company, so they specialize in treks around the world. Yeah, we did a seven-day trek, and uh, our guides were Deuce and Elias. Deuce was our main guide, and uh, Elias, he got sick on the last day, remember? Even our guide, yeah, on the, on the summit day. He couldn't even go to the top. We had he to experienced the... altitude sickness and had to turn around, and yeah. then there was a girl whose hands were freezing. Oh, gosh, I played that clip a few times. And we were about an hour or two into our climb, and already we had lost one guide and seen a girl crying on a rock because she couldn't move her fingers. Like, oh my god, we have five more hours of this. And they're done that, so I but, brought really? so many hand warmers. So, um, I'm already fully dressed in all my winter attire on night one, as expected. And if you're wondering what these are, they are indeed hand warmers in my ears. People um, can't see those. Well, I can see them in the camera, so I know uh, that people can see them. But, yeah, um, it's really cold, and it's only day one. And for a world of hurt. <laughs> How are you doing I'm doing, I'm doing okay. Not too, not too old at all. Yeah, so we have these nightly health checks where we have to stick our finger in the pull socks, which notoriously doesn't work on me anyway because my cold fingers. Let's just say this might give me some problems down the road. Well, it already has, but uh, let's just hope they don't send me down. The summit day was hard for sure. I mean, the it's just that, that was the one day it was really steep for sure, constant. We went super slow, but it didn't matter because you're out of breath constantly and really out of breath. It wasn't just like a, um, a workout. You were really breathing hard. And, but the weird thing was you're, you're breathing hard, but it didn't, didn't satisfy you like a workout would. If you're working hard during a workout and breathing hard and you inhale, it helps. This just seemed like it was for nothing almost. I remember breathing in all the way and like feeling like no matter how, I felt like it was easy, first of all. Like it took me less time to get there, <laughs> if that makes sense. But um, yeah, I'd be like all the way inhaled and still felt like I couldn't catch my breath and uh, felt weak because my muscles were not being properly oxygenated. So that was a fun time. Yeah, what are we and that's why we... So remember, we're still in the stairs. What number are we on now? Oh, God. <laughs> I lost track. Well, we used to have the counter, remember? I think it's three, right? I never used it. We're on number three, right? Or maybe four. No, probably we're three. On four. Maybe. I don't know. I lost count. I remember one time, this lady, she said, how many times are you doing that? And I told her like 35 or whatever. And her response was, why? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, you want the short or the long answer? We just passed a regular. There's an old guy, probably in his 70s, who always did the stairs. Just passed him. We talked to quite a bit of people who were regulars on the stairs doing as part of their workout. So... This is definitely the most I've done since we <laughs> trained back in like May and June. Um, remember when we did it with ice on the stairs? 
Oh, oh yeah, we did throw. We started in March and went to June, so we did an all weather, man. We did it in it was beautiful weather, perfect cool days. So, yeah, when there's literally snow and ice on the stairs. Oh. Step on those rocks with ice. Okay. They're pretty slippery. You fall away, I put my step. Okay. Yeah. When it was 88 degrees with oppressive humidity. I remember seeing like sweat just like dripping. So, I mean, it was good. <laughs> I mean, for pushing through and pushing through an endurance. It was good, but there's no way to simulate the altitude, but just the mental portion of it, I guess. Yeah. Force yourself to push through is good, so. Right, and we just go really slow. That's the whole point of it. We acclimate going up and down very slowly, sometimes painfully slowly. Just well, I think, I'm done, I think I'm done with stairs. I'm not looking, okay. to, work, I'm not looking to work out. <laughs> Alrighty, okay. We'll meet in our next location at the place that we actually booked our trip to talk about some more um, things that we need to talk about in regards to hiking Kilimanjaro. All right, we will see you then. Okay. Hello, hello. We are halfway. Halfway. Halfway for today, day, day one. Day, day one. That's right. Okay, and we're now up to our game. <laughs> are you excited? Yes, you are. <laughs> now, Dan here has been begging me um, to play Oregon Trail my entire season. No, it was my idea to do Oregon Trail, yes, and you liked and, it a lot. Yes, and you've been begging me to do it. However, I've yet to find um, an episode that I could easily make that work in, so I decided that this is going to be our the episode to do it, since uh, Oregon Trail, even though that's a bit far from Tanzania, is... Um, it's the same type of thing. It's a trail and um, Dan's telling me to be quiet because we are in a park and there's people walking by. <laughs> Story of my life. Anyway, um, so we are going to play our version of Oregon Trail, the Kilimanjaro version. So if you guys remember, um, Oregon Trail is that old school like computer game where you have to, how do you play that again? You're supposed to get to the end. Man, and... I don't know. <laughs> Oh, I should look this up better. The goal is to get across the country to get to out west somewhere on the Oregon Trail, and then you take your wagon and you have to collect supplies and food, and you deal with stuff along the way like disease and broken wagon wheels, and you get to keep mind focus supplies and medicine to make sure you make it across without killing anybody. <laughs> well, you have to move from one place to another and try to stay safe and well fed and also free of ailments. <laughs> so it is kind of like our trek, I guess. Um, so we're going to try to make it to Uhuru Peak, which is our actual destination at, at our summit. And Dan's going to have to answer our, all of our trivia questions <laughs> from the season, um, which now, he see, claims. Well, he claims. Well, he claims that. <laughs> still being too loud, barely. He claims that he knew all of the answers. However, I beg to differ. I didn't so know we're. Two. Okay, so we're going to try to see if he can make it to the summit by answering all of the previous questions, and you guys will hear these throughout my uh, the rest of the episode today. Um, so we'll find out how he does, see if he actually makes it to the top. Okay. All right, are you ready? Yeah. Ooh, okay. What's that? What? Is that notes? What? Is that notes? Yes, are I have to write. Uh, no, don't look. <laughs> I t stop it. I have to be. I have to be able to remember what they are. I can't just remember them off the top of my head. Okay. So here we go, here is clip number one. <laughs> All right, so before Dan can even begin his trek, he definitely needs to acquire some essentials and some basics, um, the most essential item that you need. 
and that is his hiking boots of course we can't go anywhere without hiking boots in fact they said to wear those on the plane in case you get your luggage lost right yes and you, <laughs> and you can't lose those because if you do um you're gonna be out of luck and good luck finding uh, hiking boots that um you've broken in for the past three or four months so those are the most essential so that particular song, that was a song that was sung by the locals um, in Kilimanjaro. It's kind of like a pump-up song for visitors, and uh, it was adopted by even hotels and also other Tanzanian establishments, and it's a symbol and kind of a vibe for welcoming visitors to their country. So the song is called Jambo Buana. I've been playing it several times through my season, and it means what? What does Jambo, this Jambo like, Buana this actually this mean? This one I didn't know. Oh, the first one. You don't yes. know. Okay. Yes, the first one. This, but I don't uh-huh. mean, Jambo means hello. I'm gonna say Buana means uh, like tourist or stranger. Okay, that's wrong. You're, no. <laughs> that's not a good start. You're gonna have to go up our mountain barefoot. That's not <laughs> well, good. Okay, so the answer is hello, sir. You were close, oh, and well, uh, you know. yeah. So the actual song in English is hello, sir. How are things going? Very yeah, well. And Hakuna. And Hakuna Matata, no problem. And yes, they do actually say that there. So <laughs> I'll tell you, I was in my element. as like being straight in the Lion King. I love the Lion King for anyone that knows. Um, so uh, we actually caught our guide singing this on our actual trek. It was pretty cool. I got a recording of him that Nan's super jealous of. You did? Is, yeah, I did. I showed you it before. I remember that. All right, I'm going to play it. Here we go. Hakuna Matata. All right, moving on to our next question. Dan here needs to be making sure that he has proper lighting to get to the summit in the dark, or else he might be uh, winding up in a world of hurt, literally. I'm not uh, in a world of hurt because of my boots. <laughs> <laughs> so why would you start off me losing my boots right off the bat? Lose my light or my rain jacket or something, not my boots are at the back. Well, because that's the first thing you need to think about, so I'm trying to go in order here. You gotta have your boots. You gotta have everything. Okay, but know, especially whatever. your I'm boots already, before anything. Here, no okay, what. you told me that you knew every answer. Okay, so we're now in need of a headlamp, of course. That's something that you need to be able to see in the dark on your summit trek to the top. When we start at, what, midnight, 1230? Well, yeah. That's when we start to get there at sunrise. Alright, so I'm going to play this clip one more time for everyone to hear. Well, we saw our first view of the peak here. Oh, you kind of see it. Just got really sunny, but here's our first camp of the night. I'm using my phone. I'm supposed to be using my GoPro, but it's giving me technical problems. <laughs> As, usual. Man. Man. As you may have heard, that was one of our clips where technology was giving me trouble. <laughs> And uh, I had to bring my GoPro, one that I never use, and I ended up trying to trying to use it. Didn't work, so I had to use my phone, and uh, that's where all these videos actually came from. These clips that I'm playing here came from my phone because my darn GoPro didn't work so well. But um, luckily, I did have enough space. But uh, remember, I made you wear that GoPro on your head. Yeah. <laughs> so that was something else he had to wear around his head. <laughs> Hopefully, this can this one can help him retrieve his uh, headlamp. But um. So we're talking about that popular wall, <laughs> still being too loud. Okay, that popular wall that we had to climb over where I made you wear the GoPro. Now, what was the name of that wall? And remember, the name actually means narrow winding river gorge. So I what is the name? That. That's what it means. I looked it up. Okay, well, a Bronco wall. 
Okay, indeed you have your headlamp. <laughs> that's okay, good. good. No footing, but uh, you'll have your light, I suppose. <laughs> that's the Barranco wall. That's our Barranco wall. How do you say it? I guess Barranco. Right. No, I think there's two ways to say it. Yes, and that's where the kissing is. You say it that way. And what's the kissing rock? It's a rock you to outcrop a rock that you gotta kind of hug and get around. You get to get your full body close to it so you can kiss the rock on your way around it. So that's kind of a kissing rock. Yeah. It's tradition to kiss it. So you kiss the rock while you're kind of scooching your way around it um, to get around the full outcrop. Yes, so that was that was what we had to do, keep keep from falling off the ledge. So Bronco Wall. Yes. <laughs> yeah, coming. Yeah. You yeah. sing rock. Easy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. There you go. I, in my mind, that was a lot more intense. And I can say now you've done all of what they say is careful. <laughs> GoPro, yeah. Oh, video. Good luck you're doing this with no one. That was nice. I'm looking down there now. A big line. Yes. Have we ever got the idea here? I mean, yes, we did, but it was tuna. Um, okay, so we are at... I know you do. <laughs> I do too. Okay, we are now at a new location. We are at the place, the very place that we booked our Kilimanjaro trip. It was really fun. We had our passports out. We had to book, like, what, twice or something like yeah, that? Yeah, well, because... because we were with G Adventures, and they canceled They canceled on us. And Marie's making some weird gesture. I'm not sure what it is. With well, this there's a lot of background, oh. and I'm wanting you to come closer because I think this fuzzy microphone might pick up more on that. Anyway, you, no, but, we, okay. we G Adventures was the... Uh, company we did originally but they ended up canceling on us so we had to come back here and do it again and book with can do yes the adventures um that one wasn't so great after all but um let's talk about our packing list first because that was stuff that we needed to prep um what are the, some of the things that you would recommend that uh, to pack for kilimanjaro i know that um <laughs> i had a plethora of socks i just happened to, i just happened to have a list hold on Gosh, you have a list on your phone? Yeah, because I, I took it's a list. Well, that, 10 pounds of hand warmers, that's for sure. You won't so find that we, on any packing list. We packed two t-shirts. <laughs> Do you want to go down the list? <laughs> <laughs> well, we kind of edited it. No, so, we so, I, no, no we, we, so a couple pairs of t-shirts, a couple pairs of hiking pants, and you wanted like a, a white one, like a white breathable one, and then... Moisture wicking. Yeah, more, everything has to uh, be moisture wicking, and then like leggings... Uh, a, what else? Oh, like a couple of things of leggings. A couple of things of leggings. A, a wool legging, a regular just like athletic legging, and then the hiking pants. Uh, and then on your feet, like you wanted just regular hiking socks, and then wool socks, and obviously your boots. And then on your top, you'd Which want. Which you may or may not have. <laughs> and then on your, on your top, you'd want your uh, whole bunch of jackets. So like a fleece jacket for like when it's cool, but then a down jacket, rain jacket. Your outer shell. What's the soft shell and the hard shell? Well, a hard shell would be like your rain jacket. And then your soft shell would be like your uh, down jacket and your fleece. Um, and you want rain rain pants too. Um, a good hat. Uh, a good like um, thermal underwear too. Gloves. So you want like athletic gloves. Um, and then like a good set of wool gloves. Your headlamp. 
the headlamp, a sun hat, which I didn't bring, which I really regret. <laughs> that was a good And Dan got in big time trouble, and the guides ended up giving us their sun hats. Definitely bring those. Um, I actually made a whole YouTube video on this, so if you're curious, you can check that out on our website. But um, uh, this is that's a detailed one, but this is just kind of a broad overview of what we brought. But definitely bring the... Uh, the hat, the uh, wide brim hat yeah, for definitely sure. Want, you definitely want a sun hat. Good morning. As you see, we're above the clouds. We're parallel. It is day five. At midnight tonight, we summit. There's Dan in his hat that he hates so much that he got <laughs> yelled at for not wearing yesterday. <laughs> we're going to start our scramble a bit early today. That would normally be part of summit day because we're doing a good pace here. Uh, sunny morning, first day yet that I have stripped down of all my layers. Only have my jacket so far. Sunglasses. Um, sunglasses. sunglasses. Uh, lots of, well, so I, I originally said in my video to bring lots of snacks. However, they feed you so much food, you guys. Like, you do you not need, need to bring snacks. many. Maybe bring a couple snacks, but no more than, don't like, a crazy. little. Don't go crazy. We brought way too many snacks. Yeah. I mean, I always have snacks. And for me to not eat my snacks, that's a You should have learned weird. a lesson from Peru. But, yeah, you, you, they, they, they feed you really well. Sometimes they give you snacks on the to, to take. But, anyway. Three-course meals, yeah. We've been eating pretty well here. There's been some <laughs> three-course meals about every meal. <laughs> yeah, way too much food. Uh, yeah, I'm probably getting in trouble because I can't finish it all. Well, I could, but I don't want to. <laughs> How funny are these granola bar brights? They are <laughs> super inflated because the pressure on the inside is much greater than that on the outside. This is what snacks look like at 16,000 feet up. It was like this yesterday, but it's worse today. And then anyway, so yeah, your like you said, your, your headlamp, um, some like, uh, what's it called? Oh, uh, general running shoes, like basic shoes to oh, walk camp. Oh, camp shoes, yeah. yeah. You, so you want to get out, of, when you're in camp, you want to get out of your hiking boots and just wear a couple of pair of shoes. Your camelback for water, another um, thermos, like a, what was the, the thermos, the collapsible thermos? Oh, like, yeah, it's a, like a, a collapsible water bottle a duffel bag for all your stuff that the porters carry and then also a um, pain, pain, like a day pack painkillers like ibuprofen for oh yeah and uh altitude sickness pills don't forget those and uh maybe even some anti-nausea gummies <laughs> which i brought and ended up eating on summit day plenty of plenty of uh at least two or three uh cell phone power banks yeah uh, for your battery charging by the way this place is called public house <laughs> If anybody was curious, it's in our neighborhood. We really? come here quite often. I mean, really, you just, you, you need, clothing-wise, clothing think about everything you need from, like, a summer day up to, like, 15 degrees, and then your stuff just like you're camping for a week, really. I mean, that's... Oh, fleece. I forgot about the fleece. I, I, I mentioned the, I mentioned okay, the fleece. So, yeah, I mean, but we got, we got most of our stuff from REI uh, and Amazon, but, but REI is really good. They had a lot of good affordable stuff uh, that you can use over and again. That's the, th that's the thing. Oh, you also need to get, obviously, a really good uh, waterproof duffel bag. Yes. The, like um, I said, the and, and, a, and a good uh, day pack. And the day pack needs to be nothing more than just what you carry your, what you want for the day. You don't need to carry any really clothes. Just any, like, if you want to carry snacks or, like, sunglasses or, like, painkillers, maybe, like, a, a jacket you want to throw, out, throw on later. We watched a lot of YouTube videos leading up, didn't we? Yeah. 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 There, 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 there's nothing. There's nothing short. Uh, people who've done this before 
you got to do your research. You definitely got to do your research. There's, there's no real. It's hard to find a one-stop shop. You, you got to really do your research. <laughs> yeah, and you'll never feel like you're prepared, but um, just t- spend take your time, take months to look into it because you'll th- you'll remember things along the way and you'll discover things along the way. Um, so definitely plan in advance. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, start that that uh, journey early for sure. Here we go with the close videos again. It's day two. We are at what camp is this called? Shira Camp. Shira Camp. This is our second end of our second day. And um, do what you just did a minute ago. What the hand warmer? A little incident like five minutes ago, my chin was tingly. It freaked me out. I don't know why. I think it was just really cold and maybe I was dehydrated. Okay, we're now up to our next question. And Dan here has one of his notorious headaches and uh, is in very much need of his altitude sickness medication. So he has to go rummaging through the camp to figure out who might have this in supply. So he better know uh, what uh, <laughs> what he's asking for. So what is the name of this medication? Also made my chin tingly <laughs> in that video clip. Oh, so God. what do you think I, it is? I know this one too. Um, you know, <laughs> he thinks he knows it. Oh God! What's oh Diamox? Yeah. Okay. Yes, it's Diamox. So <laughs> Dan, I suppose, gets to ward off yet one more headache. Hey everyone, it's day three. Um, today was a struggle, just a bit. Wouldn't you say? Definitely was. Um, well, we did hit our highest altitude we've ever been at, which was around 15,000 feet. That was at Lava, was it Lava Point? Lava Tower. Lava Tower. Um, as you see, we're both exhausted. I'm sunburned for, I don't know how that happened. I wore like all these clothes all day. I mean, I didn't wear sunscreen, so that's probably why. But I did have a hat, a wide brim hat that I said that you shouldn't bring, but I think you should. Um, anyway, we're having happy hour here with uh, some popcorn and tea and gingerbread cookies um but anyway on the way down that was the hardest part well, let's talk about say. the way up first oh okay well on the way up it was it was relatively not too much of a steep incline it was more of a like a um my brain's not really firing on all cylinders right now but a slow transitional incline not too terrible we went pretty slow um anything else to say about well, that we went 2,000 meters up over about six hours going from McMoreland to, um, what's it called? All right, something tells me Dan might not make it very far <laughs> without proper, um, without proper but, hydration. Uh, what? No, nothing. Camelback is the answer. Okay, that's not the answer. <laughs> oh, that's not even the damn. question, but <laughs> all right. Now, we're in this, uh, <laughs> trying to read my writing. <laughs> Okay, um, so uh, we're at the uh, really dry zone. Um, <laughs> can't do this. And uh, our guides might have said sippy sippy every five seconds. That's what they say around those parts when it gets really dry. They want you to drink lots of water out of, yes, your camelback, as you said. And um, we had a lot of water, that's for sure. But um, 
as you heard, there's uh, this particular zone, the actual, it's made up of two words, which actually the first word means uh, mountain and the second word means uh, an arid or dry climate. So what is this particular zone? It's directly above, I believe, the moorland zone. Alpine desert. Yes, that is the answer. Okay, okay, so Dan actually has proper hydration. He's got his water all set in place. And by the way, if you want to know all the different zones, it's uh, there's also the culture, or no, cultivation zone. I told you I can't read my writing. Forest zone, heather moorland zone, the alpine desert zone, and then the summit climb zone. Those are all the zones of Kilimanjaro. What are some of the uh, mental challenges that we had to kind of, uh, you know, comp I mean, we talked about some already, just kind of getting through, you know, the low oxygen, um, maybe just like fear well, that you're I mean, going to not make it's it to definitely, the top. It's definitely more, well, I shouldn't say it's more physical than mental, or mental than physical, it's but, go together. but it's, de it's definitely uh, hard, especially on summit day. It's, it was, I remember, I can't remember, there's a phrase that they said that, like Ole No, no, no. There, there was a... Slowly, slowly, that means... Um, there was a phrase that I heard on one of the Kilimanjaro videos we watched that I kept thinking over and over again. It had to do with the mental side of things. And just, you, like... Oh, yeah, that this that, that, uh, the, the, the summit day is going to be the hardest day. You're going to do your hardest day. You just got push through because it it's the hardest day. And but I can't remember what the... Man, I wish I could remember now. But anyway, there was some type of... Some type of uh, phrase. I'm just going nowhere, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, some type of phrase I kept saying over and over in my head, basically about about overcoming the mental challenge. Basically, yeah, there's a girl that did a bunch of marathons that also said that there there was no uh, wall like the wall she hit on Kilimanjaro. But I, I don't know. I mean, I think you just if you ha go in with it with the right attitude, I think that's the important part. Um, what about like the cultural challenges? Like, were there any? I mean, when we first got there, remember? I mean, it was our just. Hotel? I mean, well, the, the, the town itself. When we were in, Moshi was when we were in Moshi, yeah. it was just. I mean, as white people in Africa, you stick out. So, so I mean, they knew right away that we were tourists, and you step outside your hotel little gate, and they are on you, like white on rice, man. They just hound you. But there's no real cultural stuff. I mean. Because really, we were pretty insulated uh, with our tour guides and our uh, tour company. So really, culturally, it didn't really run into a whole lot. The, we got the, there at, like, what, like midnight or something. We had to, like, go to bed, and they were going to, like, get us food at our hotel. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was just cultural, though. That was just... Yeah, it was just a funny, Yeah, so culturally, there's really nothing, just because everything is so planned out and organized, that you never really... And everywhere we stayed was very touristy, so we never had to really worry about the cultural side of things. And we were the only ones on our actual trek, right? We were supposed to have other people going with us, and uh, we were the only ones yeah. that, that was. Uh, well, I will say, COVID, so if you, if you have the money or uh, you get lucky, you you don't want to have a big group. Things really exciting over there. You don't. You don't. As exciting as this episode, of course. You don't want to. You don't want to be in a big group. I know it's exciting to meet new people and all, and that's something neat. But on this, if it's just a private tour, that's ideal because you want to stop when you can, you want to rest, you want to go when you can, you go at your own a, a predefined pace. And, and the bigger the group, the less the guys pay attention to you specifically. So the smaller, the better. We really connected with our guys, Jason Elias. They called me Dada, which means sister, right? They would always say, "You okay back there, Dada? How you doing, yeah. Dada?" Yeah. Strong Dada. <laughs> I'm 
better going up than down. Yep. So anyway, so anyway, yeah, just if you can do a private tour, that's ideal. But look for as small as possible. No more, no more than eight or ten. That we saw some massive groups that really you might get lost in the crowd if you're struggling. So I, yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. Hello, Manny's. Hi. It's our last night here in, uh, well, on this mountain. Yeah. We had a good day, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah? Why are you so tired? We hiked. Where do we hike to? Mountains. <laughs> Where? <laughs> Mount Kilimanjaro, the summit. Yeah, so we made it to Uhuru Peak, and I discovered that I do indeed have a, a limit. <laughs> it's at around 17 to 18,000 before I become very altitude sick. So, but I did make it. Um, it was a struggle just a bit, um, especially when you're gasping for air every two seconds and the winds are whipping and um, let's just say that that top was very satisfying. What do you have to say about that? It's definitely the hardest thing we've ever done, no question about it. Hardest mentally and physically. It's mentally and physically, yes. Really, 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 really hard. And how tall was that peak? Okay, Dan has now stumbled upon some pretty heavy fog and rain and snow and his clothes are sopping wet and uh, no amount of hot Kilimanjaro tea seems to be doing the trick and he really needs a raincoat right about now, something waterproof. So he better know the total altitude that he'll be reaching the summit, that's Uhuru Peak, uh, that's Freedom Point, that's what that means. Um, so he needs to tell us uh, the exact number oh, of feet from on. the summit. <laughs> you can be within 500 feet, just oh. like the listeners, okay? okay. Hey, don't worry. Wait, so you say you have to get the exact, and then you say you have to be within 500 feet. So which one is it? Well, you have to be within, okay, <laughs> you have to be within 500 feet. Okay. And if you don't, hold on, if you don't get it, um, you're just going to have to rely on your amazing wife, who's an excellent planner, who just may have brought uh, an extra raincoat along for your benefit. <laughs> so what was the total uh, feet in our summit that we climbed to in a clear peak? It's like 19,300, I'm going to say. Ooh, very close. 19,341 feet. That's 500. That's 5,895 meters to be exact. So I suppose you got your rain gear for that one. We finally made it to our last camp for the evening, and this is the last time you're going to see me in this hat. Um, I know. It seems like I wear it every day because I do wear it every day. It's because you guys don't really want to see me. Um, without a hat on right now because I haven't showered in seven days. So what it looks like up there is not something um, you'd probably care to see. Okay, Dan better get this one right. He's now at the point where he's very dirty and needs a shower really bad. Actually, soap would do. That would be sufficient. Anything to be able to wash his hands in to keep himself clean and um, away from the elements. He wants to stay healthy here. So what is the name of our seven-day route in Kilimanjaro? This is the one that uh, kept me out of the shower for seven days. I had the most gruesome hat hair. What was the name of, this is also the most popular route in um, in Kilimanjaro. What was the name of our route? Okay. Lamosho. Stop. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the okay, I, the route. I told you you better get that one right. <laughs> yes, the, the name route. of our route was indeed the Mashame route. That's the most popular and it takes about seven days. Um, and if, for the record, the other treks are called the Marengo route, the Lamosho route, the uh, Shira route. Ring, where, was it Rangay? Rangay? 
Rangai? Ragu, I think. Rangu. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. The North Circuit in Umboi. Umboi? Umboi? But yes, the Mashame route is the one that we did. like each day so the first day we it was kind of like the rainforest day and it was it was really rainy of course um day one was really we started at the gate the Mishami gate and then we started trekking up um and ended up at what Mishami camp right that yeah, was yeah day, day. day one was just really like walking through the forest i mean it was like nothing it's, it, it's rainforest but it was rainy obviously it was rainy the entire time so we had a rain we, we had a rain gear on it was just a gradual ascent Really easy day, really hike-wise. It was a long day. We were hiking for six, seven hours, but it was not a difficult, just gradual incline, plenty of oxygen at that point, so it was rainy. Yeah, I think we started at like six or 7,000 feet. Really dense the, forest. Yeah. 3,000 feet we climbed over the course of, it was like seven kilometers. No, 11 kilometers, seven miles. 11 kilometers. Yeah. We're going to the moorlands tomorrow, so it'll be a lot more flat land and, or flat bush and, um, the rainforest disappears pretty quickly, so we'll see what that looks like tomorrow. And then uh, day two, what was day two like? That was when we started uh, trekking into the, what's the zone above? The Moreland zone? Was that the Moreland zone, I, don't know. I guess? Well, so anyway, this is when uh, the shrubs started changing, so what's the I think, I think no it was Moreland zone. So yeah, the, the second day, I mean, it's amazing how quickly things change. You leave the thick rainforest and then. It's amazing how quickly the landscape changes. You start seeing less rich vegetation. Things are getting more spread out. Like immediately, too. The, 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 yeah, the, uh, the plants were lower to the ground and more hardy. So I've seen more rocks. What are the name of those plants, those weird plants? I, I can't no remember what they're called, but they're like, they look like cacti, like like a cactus, but it was, uh, they have these flowers. It was really strange. Yeah, but they're definitely more hardy plants and rocks. Water between. retentive yeah. plants. And then I think we ended up at Shira Camp. That was our second day. Um, we, I mean, that wasn't too bad. I remember we hiked around the mountain. We got there early, and didn't we have like an acclim We had an acclimatization hike. We got there like at I want to say like midday. And we remember we took a nap. That was day three. No, no, that the acclimatization was, we hike. Were thinking of Lava Tower. There was an, the day before we went up on a nap. That was the day that I built those rocks. That rock tower. Remember we went that, was that day little two. cave? Yeah, that was day. That was definitely day two. I just confirmed it going through my pictures, guys. I know it's correct. Um, we did like a short, like hour optimization hike just to do a little extra. But um, we got there kind of early that day. It wasn't too bad. You didn't have a headache or anything by this point, right? Yeah, I did. Oh, you did? Yeah, on day it, two. It hit me on day two. Yeah, but that's why I, I thought it was pillow, which really well could have been. I I didn't actually have a pillow. I, I actually rec recommend a small camp pillow because I didn't bring that. I just slept on yeah, my. They bring all your tents and all your gear. Just, you just have to worry about your your personal stuff. That's the nice part about it. I just slept on a rolled up like shirt or jacket, which I think that day two I started getting headaches. And I think that was especially day two. That was more just neck pain from sleeping awkwardly all night. So definitely bring a camp pillow, small camp pillow. I think I stuffed my uh, my neck warmer with like I don't know clothes and make myself a pillow. Oh, we got to see scenery. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. <laughs> we went to the moorland zone. So we went from rainforest to moorland. So the vegetation is much more spread out, a lot more rocks, and um, the shrubs are shorter, the trees are shorter, um, and it's more spaced out than the rainforest. That's Shira Peak. That's the third peak out, out in the distance. There's three main peaks. That's the third. 
Dan suddenly realizes he's lost in the middle of a huge mountain and he's desperately need of a guide. Um, he has no idea um, how long he can uh, last in the elements without a guide, without food, without water. It's going to be pretty treacherous if he doesn't find one. Um, but first things first, he needs to make sense of where he even is to even locate the guides. He's going to try to find camp somewhere. So he's looking at all the three cones. There's three cones of Kilimanjaro and he sees Shira Peak, meaning a sail attached to a boat. That's what it means in Swahili. And then he sees uh, Mwenzi Peak, which is broken broken top that's what that means um, but he needs to know where uh, the tallest main summit peak that's the one that we climbed up to Uhuru Peak um, no that's not the name of the peak that's just the freedom point that you go to <laughs> he's looking at me like I'm nuts I am nuts but um, that's another story for another time um, but what is it called in Swahili it li literally means um, spotted meaning the one that stands out so what is the name of the third peak it's also the highest summit on Kilimanjaro we you have the Shira moment no we have shira we have Mwenzi, and what is the third Uru. one no that's not the name of the peak it's actually the name of the cone the whole name of the cone though that's just the point the name of the actual point is the summit it's the mountain itself what i'm confused now what i don't know uh-oh dan's gonna be lost and wait, he's gonna wait. be without food and water <laughs> what is it starts now? with the k kimajaro no it's called kibo <laughs> He said he knew all of my answers, so I'm going going hard or going home here. Dan's going home. Yes, but that's... No, okay, that's on Kibo. That's on Kibo Peak. Okay. Like, that's the main... There's three cones. I guess I should say cone. That's the major. Uhuru is just that. That's a point. It means freedom point. I serve my guide. It's the point on the peak. Okay, you don't get a guide. You're going to have to rough it alone. Oh, my God. Hey again, it is the end of day four, and as you see, it's nighttime again. Got my usual uh, ear warmers in my ears. Just had dinner. We had a local um, African stew. It was delicious. Uh, what was it called? Mock something. Of course, you can never remember the names. Uh-oh, Dan is now really low on electrolytes. <laughs> he's going to need to eat some geese there soon. <laughs> oh, he's starting to hallucinate. Maybe those geese aren't even real. They're coming right at us. Oh, <laughs> God. Oh, brother. That was a scary one. I think I'm more concerned about those geese than any electrolytes right now. <laughs> We're going to need those to run. Um, anyway, he's uh, definitely fallen victim to some pretty uh, dangerous mirages. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to obtain one of those uh, fruits that's usually um, oh, no. a primary ingredient in Ndizi Nyama. That's that African stew we talked about. Now, it's not ak anything, for the record. I know you said it was called ak something. I don't know why. But um, anyway, it's made up of beef and vegetables known as chicha. And this major ingredient, it's a fruit. And it's also um, in Swahili. This particular fruit is called Ndizi. Banana. Okay, good. <laughs> At least you got your electrolytes. No more hallucinations. Yes, Dizzy means banana. And then day three, we uh, that was our hard day. That was our our real acclimatization day. That's when we had lunch at Lava Tower. That was like what fifteen thousand feet. I almost fell asleep. Yeah, that's there. when it hit me. That, that's when I started feeling the altitude for real. There was definitely like pounding headache. Really, just headaches is all I ever experienced. This is a pounding headache. It would not go away. It was during the day, so I knew it wasn't. Uh, from sleeping. And we got there, we had lunch up there, like to acclimate, like, or I guess we did, to uh, acclimate, and uh, we, he wanted us to spend, they wanted us to spend like an hour or two up there just so to they, get a sense the, the, whole, the whole thing is hike high and sleep low, yeah. is, is kind of what they want you to do. So what they'll do is they'll 
when they can throughout the hike, throughout the trek. You'll during the day you'll climb to a certain altitude and then you actually descend the second half of the day and sleep lower than you hike. So that way your body supposedly gets used to the altitude by hiking and exerting yourself during the day, but then descending and sleeping at a lower altitude. Yeah. We're starting our trek on day three. Say hi. Hi. Lava Tower. We're having lunch. And climbing up that thing. Almost fell asleep at the at the lava tower, but no no real symptoms of altitude. I get minor headache from my backpack. You had a headache, didn't you? No yes, headache so far. Yeah, we were okay though. And then once once we were descending, it started pouring again because we were going to a lower elevation. And that was the day it was like really cold and rainy. I think you have a video clip of me yeah. struggling. It was it was a really wet. <laughs> I gross, need that video. For it was this a really episode, wet, gross day. But then that that night we stayed at Branco Camp. This is Marie's favorite part of the entire trail so far. Notice the skill and grace. Notice the rapid speed at which she descends. Anyway, we, we stayed at Bronco Camp that night, uh, day three, and it was really cloudy and misty. It just be a miserable day. Like honestly, it was a tough day. Just so cold and just raw. We just went to bed, and then that night, Marie went out to get ready and use the restroom and all that fun stuff. Oh, and, yeah. and she and she said, "Hey, you got to come out here. You got to come out here." And I was so cold and just ready to be done. She said, "You got to come out here, see the, the stars and the mountains." I'm like, "Okay." So I dragged myself out, and we were rewarded with the most beautiful view of the clouds all completely cleared, and we were sitting right at the foot of the mountain. And you look right up, and you see this clear sky with every star in the sky you could possibly imagine, and then just the a bright moon. And then the peak. Reflecting on the snow-capped and just, and just yeah. It was awesome. Just, There's yeah. a lit-up tent in the background. I took a picture. It's literally phenomenal. Yeah. I like had to go pee. They have a little. They had a little toilet tent, by the way, where um, you could. It was a little, little like toilet. I don't and know. It was cold. Was, that, that, was, that was the first night where, on our tent, it was frozen. Yeah. Precipita frozen precipitation. Snow. Yeah. But yeah, I remember getting out. And I was like, oh, I don't want to go to the bathroom right now. This is a big pain. I was like struggling, and then I got out and like halfway to the bathroom, I saw the scene. Like, ah. Oh, and then I gotta go back in and get my phone and take a picture and like, yeah, it was amazing, you guys. It was phenomenal. Morning, Baranka Wall Day. It stopped raining finally, as you see. It was very cold last night, but no rain. It snowed actually a little bit. Dan had a killer headache. I, however, slept amazing. Had some weird dreams about James Bond. So today should be interesting with the wall scrambles peaceful morning out can't complain yeah and then we woke up in the morning day four when we went to bronco i guess the bronco wall that was my favorite day yeah, by far by day. far oh yes i think it's everybody's favorite day the bronco wall is it's a short day it's only like three or four hours of hiking but it was it's a ton of fun i mean it's the one day we were kind of feel like you're climbing a mountain you're scrambling using your hands and feet and really going vertical a lot and just Really, really, really fun day. There was um, ice, though. I'll tell you, you, the guides knew exactly where to step to. You had to step exactly where they stepped. Even if it didn't look wet or didn't look slippery, they knew. And if you didn't listen, like, you were... I, at one point, I was dangling, like, with my own arms. That was pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> cool. step on those rocks with ice. Okay. And they're pretty slippery. follow where I put my step. Okay. Yeah. I have strength, but not coordination, necessarily. The kissing rock, of course. Yeah. Trying to trying to make sure you don't fall off the that was definitely our, we took those jumping pictures and then we ended up I think at Karanga camp I think was our camp that day 
uh, just according to the pictures I just looked at. Yeah, the famous kissing rock where you have to get close enough to the wall to kiss it to stay on the wall. We had lots of fun with it. Yes. Best day so far. Dan is really cold, as you can see. He hasn't caught on to my ear warmer technique yet. Um, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Nobody slipped and fell. There was some ice at one point. The downhill, of course, was the worst on my poor um, unsuspecting leg bone with my injury that still um, remains. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been great. Right now we're at, what is it, Karanga? Karanga Camp? Karanga uh, Camp, yeah. Karanga Camp. Um, and tomorrow we're actually bypassing base camp. We're headed to a slightly higher elevation. Going to get some of that scrambling out of the way in preparation for summit day the following, um, well, I guess at midnight tomorrow. That's when we start our summit. So this is our last kind of normal-ish night before summit day. Um, feeling good. Pull socks is 94 today. No problem so far. Dan had a headache. Yeah, I got, um, I got yelled at for not wearing a hat. Yeah. Even though I wore a hat, made no sense, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got a little sunburn like I did yesterday, but I think you killed it. So, oh well. All right, guys, until tomorrow, I guess we'll see you um, right before the summit. As you see, I'm pretty cold. I've got the, the hand warmers back on my ears. Well, we still have one last morning of this, but I'd say we did a pretty good job on this hot sauce here. Devoured completely by Dan and myself. And whatever you do, disclaimer, do not try to record a video and try to snap the cap on and have your eye open right in front of it. Yeah, just don't do that. <laughs> Dan! <laughs> I can't do this, I'm laughing. Dan's blind! <laughs> oh no. No, actually, you are blind. <laughs> I'm blind, yeah. That's pretty nice. <laughs> Oh my god, you guys, okay, I'm like crying over here. Okay. <laughs> okay, Dan. Oh no. I'm gonna have to crop this out, or maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just leave it in. Um, but he forgot his contacts on the plane. <laughs> on the plane. And uh, we, the plane is now, that we just got off, is now halfway across the Atlantic. Big problem. <laughs> the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> and uh, he can't see <laughs> It's a big problem. Can you read these notes for me? Okay, yeah, let me do it. No, 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 get a second thought. Give me those back. No, Wait, so I'm I blind, can't talk because I'm laughing. I'm blind. Hold on. I actually am, yeah. Okay, no, okay, yeah. So I forgot but... my contacts in the plane, which is now half across the Atlantic Ocean. I literally can't see anything. <laughs> and anything edges anyway. What? Uh-oh. That's definitely not good being on a mountain. You need a, Dan, a spare pair of specs. His, this one right. There may just be one more pair of specs. Needs <laughs> oh glasses. I gotta blow my nose. So, oh, I don't, see, I don't know this one. Okay, so don't. It's, it's the, so the no, because there's an answer no, so on the, here. Don't look question, at it. I can talk question, now. The question is, I want, I'm taking over. The question is, what is a hot sauce that we had every day on the mountain? And the question is, it has a certain ingredient. Peely Peely is, is it. It's the hot sauce that I can't peely, find. Peely it's mean? the Desta hot sauce, by the way. I still could not find that hot sauce that what we had peely, every day. Peely mean? I don't know. It's the main one. ingredients. I told. I actually gave you the answer to this a while ago. Pepper, Put that on my lap. I don't know. Yes, it means pepper. Peely oh, Peely yeah, is right. pepper in Swahili. That was an easy one. It's told me it's pepper hot sauce? It, no, it's just a it's type of hot sauce based on its ingredients. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Peely Peely means um, pepper. That's the hot sauce that we totally devour the entire bottle. Okay. 
approaching base camp now. Lips can't move. That was really, really cold. Is that ahead, the trail? Man. What would we do next? Altitude, fine. Coldness factor. Okay. And then day five, that was um, base camp. That was base. Oh yeah, so that was the day that we actually went past base camp. That's the traditional camp where people stay before the summit. Because you start summoning at like twelve thirty, and then you get well twelve thirty in the morning slash nighttime, <laughs> um, and you get there at sunrise. That's kind of the whole point, but. Um, you, but most people stay at uh, base camp. Right? Well, base camp by definition is the, before the summit push. So we stayed at a base camp, just not the main base camp. The main base camp was um, a little bit farther out, but we wanted to get some scrambling done during daylight hours. And um, since we were both doing well in the elevation, they decided to take us to a camp that was a permit only Kosovo camp. Kosovo camp. So anyway, yeah. yes, we, we stayed up there in the night and then got there around. It was a longer day, so probably you know mid late afternoon. Went to bed early and got ready for the summit push. We started at midnight. We made it to Kosovo Camp. This is the one you have to have the permit for. My lips are still numb, hence why I sound like this. It's about sixteen thousand feet, highest I've ever been in my life. Um, yeah, I'm pretty hungry for some hot soup. Sounds rough. At this altitude, normal physical activity is not what it is in home, I'll tell you that. Although, tonight we wake up at midnight and start our trek towards the summit. I am just in need of food and a nap. My agenda right now. I look tired. I am tired. Alright guys, we'll see you later on. That's it. Dan's ready to be done. <laughs> Again. Okay, we'll see you at the summit. Vegas. Yeah, that was crazy, and um, that was 16,000 feet Kosovo camp was. Um, I wanted to play all these games every night. I ended up playing uh, Word Slam by myself for like most nights because you didn't want to play any games. No, I was <laughs> done with games, man. <laughs> I kept using hand warmers before they took my health check, and I'm like, I gotta stay, gotta keep my fingers warm so I don't have any inaccurate readings, but um, I just remember, yeah. Anyway, irrelevant content. I was just thinking of that because I was playing Word Slam when he came in the tent. Um, and oh, in our meals, our server was Steven. Steven yeah, was, Steven. He gave us a bracelet, a Tanzania bracelet. So we, well, you gave it to me. Put it on you. But yeah. um, he was great. We had a soup guessing game where every night he had us guess the soup that he made. They kind of all tasted the same. They were all great, but we had soup with every meal, which is obviously a bonus. And then summit day, of course. Uh, we talked a little bit about this before, but um, we got up at what? 12, we got up at 11.30. 11.30, and yeah, they had us give us a little basic breakfast, just a lot of carbs to load up, and then didn't we, and then suited up, got our head, headlamps on, layered up. Yeah, and then left, man. I mean, we were, we were out, the, out the camp by little after midnight, and... Had a short breakfast just, at just, just really slowly. Good morning. This is our breakfast at midnight prior to our trek. Dan's headache is gone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Wind has stopped. Cross your fingers. It's not going to be too bad. I slept a whole hour last night. We so, got lucky with the okay. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing, too. It was very clear, very clear nights. Moon was full. All right. One more video. We're above the clouds, and there's a full moon on summit day. Yeah. I just kind of had to show that. 
here's our campsite for the night. We are hiking tomorrow. Where are we going tomorrow? I guess starting up that way. Can't really see the summit from here, but freaking how cool is that? I, yeah, I can't get over that. What are the odds? Oh yeah, we had a full moon on summit. So, I so that. you saw it was pretty well lit. The path. So you, you, it was nice to have your headlamp, but you could see. I mean, it was, you could see what you were doing, which was nice. And yeah, just it was seven hours, man. Just straight up, just straight up, going crawling. Well, it was a switchback, but yeah. But, but, yeah, but the switchback was just very steep and just non-stop up. And we would take, take rests every now and then. And that's where it's key to have a small group because you want to rest when you can, but you got to take short rests. Anyway, we were just up, going up, 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 and just seven hours of it. I mean, that's what it was. And it, as you got higher, the winds started kicking up. And that's where it really started getting challenging because it got colder, for sure. Even though it was... The winds were calm, lower. The, the winds in the last couple hours were pretty nasty. I mean, um, yeah, that was, that's where it really got challenging. I'd say the last two hours of the summit where it was... Where I got sick, too. It's, it's where you turned, you really just wanted to be over. I mean, really, you were saying, I'm, I, I wanted to be over. Because it was cold, windy. Your layers did nothing for you anymore. You were chilled to the bone. I mean, there was nothing... You just wanted it's about to be, what, like... Teens at Summit, like Fahrenheit, usually around in the teens. Like. Something like that, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, you, you get up there and... Uh, Snow-capped mountains are worth it though, right? When you get there at sunrise, which yeah. we did. So, well, so yeah. you get to, before the Summit, you get to something called Stella Point, which is kind of the the edge of the crater rim so you get to the crater by all intents and purposes that's so, the so you, you get to the crater rim which you probably have another 50 meters or 100 meters or so of elevation but once you get to the crater rim you're, you're pretty much at the top of the mountain it's going to loop around to the official quote unquote peak but anyway so once you're there though I mean that's when the winds are really kicking, kicking up when you're on the crater rim and just there's another half an hour from Stella Point to the Uhuru Peak there's a half an hour just walking I felt like a penguin honestly just like <laughs> Shuffling along, like animal. shuffling along in the snow. Was, at that point, there was a bunch of snow on top of the mountain, just crunching under your feet, and the wind is blowing 30, 40 miles an hour. But on one side, you could see the sunrise, and the other side, you could still see the full moon. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I got a video of that. Um, didn't get many videos. I know that's really out of character, but uh, having. But yeah, I mean, Tyler, so really, really, I mean, <laughs> that, that was, like I said, ch mentally challenging. We just wanted to be over. But once you get there, man, I mean, it was. The sense of accomplishment was unbelievable, and the views were obviously unbelievable. I mean, you, were, you have the view of an airplane. I mean, you were. You, you look below you, and there's nothing but the cloud deck, like you would see flying in an airplane. You look up, and it's just this deep blue sky again like you see in an airplane that's really where you were I mean you're, you're halfway up where airplanes fly so it's kind of crazy we made it thank you thank you thank you thank you Thank you, thank you.
Vincent and the uh, hamburger. Oh, so our original guide there, or guide number two, he got a little sick this morning. So um, one of the porters came along with us, the toilet porter. So he's cleaned all the toilets. So I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> he's but um, he was great. Um, he ended up like really helping me along. He carried my backpack for a little bit because it was pulling on my head and my head was like throbbing like no other. Um, he was super helpful, super nice. He got out my hand warmers. Um, there was this girl there like crying hysterically, like just, wow, my, my fingers are so good. They were like, does anybody have hand warmers? And I'm like, I do. So I gave her my hand warmers. I still don't think she made it to the top, unfortunately, but um, I know how she feels, which is why I came with so many hand warmers. Um, anything else you want to add about that? That's about all. Okay, so then we scrambled to the bottom. Dan broke his walking pole because I went too fast. Yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to get to the bottom. Um, <laughs> I have a picture of him sitting on the ground. He doesn't even know it. No. <laughs> With his broken walking so I took it very um, discreetly and stealthily. Oh dear, Dan is now frozen solid. Um, he turned into a giant icicle halfway up the summit. A blind icicle? <laughs> well, no, because you got the oh, yeah, hot sauce. Expects. We're actually not supposed to talk about these in order because I'm really not sure. But um, anyway, oh well. So he, uh, he needs his hand warmers fast before he loses a digit or two. So speaking of digits, what is the overall average uh, success rate for climbing Kilimanjaro given all of the routes? Now, this is an average percentage um, for getting to the top. What is the average success 65, rate? 65%. That's correct. He did actually know that one. So uh, you get your hand warmers. Oh, Luckily, boy. you get to keep your digits for another day. And uh, that is, uh, yeah, that's a good thing. So um, anyway. Uh, yeah, they're still useless, by the way. You can't use your fingers still because they're so cold. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. but you still you have them. Though, yeah, so, right. Oh, thank God. All right. <laughs> so the the chef made us a little congratulations. That's in Swahili. That's congratulations. So we conquered the mountain today. Yeah. All right. We made it. Yeah, we were above, actually coming home, we were flying back and we were like halfway, we were like 20 minutes into our flight and I'm looking at the elevation on the screen and I'm like, dude, we're not even like within like, like hey, several take credit. thousand, I, I, thousand I, feet of... Don't, uh, don't take credit for that. I was the one to point that out, man. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, maybe you pointed it out. <laughs> I don't I'm like, remember. Hey, Kurt, look, 15,000 feet right now. Okay, yeah, yeah, maybe you were the one that pointed that out. <laughs> yeah. But that was pretty crazy. I'm like, look, I'm like, what? Like, we've been flying for like 20 minutes. Like, I feel like I'd have no oxygen if I were to open my window right now. But sure enough, we weren't even close to our the summit we were at. You could, we were way above the clouds. It's insane. Um, then we scrambled to the bottom, of course. Um, couldn't get to the bottom fast enough. Um, like I said, you broke yeah, your walking stick. Yeah, descending sucks. <laughs> I mean, it was. Luckily, I have this. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of scree, like loose uh, pebbles and du uh, lava dust, like you know, dust from the volcano. Just hard to get your footing. If you're not coordinated, you're gonna <laughs> do what I did and fall and break your uh, hiking stick. Or if you're not coordinated, just like swim every day. I think that's part of the reason my oxygen is higher is from the swimming. I will recommend yeah. for exercise swimming for sure. Other than the stairs, I but forgot to mention the, 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 the descent. So you spend about 20 minutes, 20 minutes at the summit, no longer than that, because it is not good to be up there very long. So about 20 minutes at the summit, get your pictures, and then you start descending, and you descend fast, and you get down back down to your base camp, rest for a few hours, pack up, have a lunch. 
brunch at 11, which you're not usually very hungry for, I will warn you. And then, so you, you, you do that, pack up your stuff, and at that point you're exhausted because you've been going for 13, 14 hours. Yeah, and, and they then, give you juice at the bottom. And then you keep going, uh, and you get down to the last camp, which is barely above where you started, so that was kind of a breath of fresh air. It's amazing how much better you feel as you're, once you're down there. My headache was gone immediately. It was so, insane, because ibuprofen was not going to help. It was only yeah. getting the lower elevation. It's definitely not for everybody. I mean, it's... If you're looking for a vacation or a relaxing trip, this wouldn't be. This is not that. But it's definitely a bucket list item, and it's something we'll never forget. I mean, it's a sense of accomplishment with something physically, I mean, and mentally, and all that fun stuff. It was really cool. And is, it, is it the best thing we ever did? Oh, it's definitely the best thing we ever did, yeah. The most amazing thing yeah. you can imagine. So, yeah, it was... And you, it's like a drug. You want more. So we're already, <laughs> we're already looking at, like, a next trek. Where can we go next? Um, yeah, well, ever, part of Everest, which is ironically easier than the mo- the one that most people do in Everest, is easier than the one we just did. So, um, like I said, yeah, for each their own, I suppose. Um, real quick, the porters, you do have to tip them at the end, right? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, you, you tip. The porters are the ones that carry all your bags, they make all your meals, you have the cooks, and yeah, just to, all the people that make, to give make you this an, a reality. To give you an idea, it was just Marie and me, obviously, on the, on the track. We were the only ones. In the, so we had a tip in, in the group, but there was a team of at least 12 that were helping us. So to give you an idea of what the effort is to help people up the mountain, between the porters and the cooks and the guides and everybody. So yeah, you, you reward them uh, with a nice tip. Yes, and your reward is getting to experience the experience, right? Yep. <laughs> All right, Dan. Well, thanks for uh, being on my uh, episode again, um, officially anyway, at least not with the uh, background recordings of you yelling, yeah. <laughs> yelling at, protesting at my uh, <laughs> my Halloween decorations of last week's episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All righty. Um, well, thank you, thank you. Um, any last words? <laughs> no, uh, no, wait, uh, man, I, I, I want to say something like, you know... Uh, this is all conversational, by the way. None of this is planned out. I wanted to say something good, like about. goodbye or whatever, but I can't remember how to say it in Swahili, so whatever. Oh, darn. Well, that'd guess be, we... That would be a good way to end it, but... Guess that ship oh, sailed. So, so, or... I'll say it in English. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> righty. Thank you. All right, thanks for being on our show again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll see you later. Toodles. Alright, any final words? Night, night. <laughs> Salama, as they say here in Tanzania, that means good night. Alright, Lala Salama everyone, and until next time, see you later. Good night. Alright, Dan successfully made it to the summit, although I don't know how because he didn't have a guide. Um, but he and, and no boots at that. No boots. <laughs> but you managed to make it up with a raincoat, and I guess uh, highly unlikely. But yeah. well, you can see at least. <laughs> That's the best part, I suppose. And you still have all your digits, so oh I think we're good to go. Just you know, maybe next time bring your boots. Okay. <laughs> follow the guide. All right. Thanks for playing my uh, Oregon Trail. We finally played. Are you yeah, happy about this? That was weird Oregon Trail. <laughs> well, I'm weird. So. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Turbine. You're welcome. <laughs> And now that you've successfully completed your trek to the summit, you're free to roam about the country. Whether it's to your scheduled safari as a Dan and me, or to Dodoma, Tanzania, your final capital city of season three. But the most important thing to remember is to remember what's important. Be in the zone no matter what zone you're in. 
May you always take it easy one breath at a time because at one time, a breath may not be as easy to take. Just take your time and live in the moment and take a moment to live in the time that's yours. When you hit a wall, climb it. Just hold on tight and give it a kiss for good measure because one day when it's out of sight, you'll miss the treasure. Just be sure to share the wealth and good health. Whether it be sparing your night supply of hand warmer packs or sharing those granola bar bites, your 16,000 foot high snacks. If you choose every day to be your own light, you'll never lose your way, even if you're alone at night. Actually, if you are your own guide, you can't lose. Even if you lose your actual guide, you'll always end up on top if you never stop. So live the real life Lion King. Live big, be brave, and conquer and take back your home. Pride rock. Or you know, just have pride in that big rock you just bravely conquered and then live it back home. Pole pole, Hakuna Matata. So until next time, fellow truckers, conquerors, dedicators, motivators, and summiters, don't forget to live life on the problem-free side, the easy side, the oxygenated side, the cool but warm side, the determined side, and the walkable side, even if you can't walk on your own sidewalk. Just don't forget about your boots in a trivia game or in real life. And until next time, don't do anything hypothetical trivia Dan wouldn't do, unless it's, of course, conquer a major bucketless mountain of a lifetime but forget its name, subsequently lose your guide, have difficulty with basic language lessons, or forget about your booth before you even start your trip. But everything else, don't do anything hypothetical trivia Dan wouldn't do, if that makes sense. See you next time. This is Marie Elena, and you've been listening to Purple Hood Adventures Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on our journeys today. If you think you'd like to hear more and you want to stay updated on the whereabouts of an accident-prone purple windbreaker, or if you just like to live the life of adventure through your earbuds, or maybe you enjoy restraining having milk coming out of your nose buds every week, don't forget to subscribe to my channel. Otherwise, you can check me out on my website at purplehoodadventures.com. Or you can check me out on Facebook slash Purple Hood Adventures, Instagram, or whatever other 8 million forms of social media you might use. Until then, stay tacky, San Francisco. And remember, life is not a book to be read, but a story to be told. So get out there. And remember, always, hood down and head out. Anything else from you? Bye. <laughs> okay.